welcome to the Unteachables podcast. I'm your host, Claire, and I am absolutely no stranger to the challenges and let's face it, sometimes carnage of being a teacher. And if you found yourself here listening with me, I'd say that you might know a bit about that as well, because being a teacher is friggin' hard. And this podcast is dedicated to making you feel a hell of a lot less alone whilst giving you the knowledge, support and strategies that you need to not just survive the chaos of being a teacher, but truly thrive. Think about it as getting a weekly dose of relatable, actionable, and most importantly, enjoyable professional learning straight into your ears. So hit the subscribe button, download me for your commute, and let's get into it. Hello, it's Tuesday, which means another episode of the Unteachables podcast. I'm back. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope that you're all good, no matter where you are in the year at school. Maybe you're even on summer holidays, and that's amazing. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about something that one of my mentors said to me that kind of changed everything, the way that I saw everything in my classroom, in the way that I teach and all the rest of it. She said, Claire, we teach students, not subjects. So when I first got into teaching, and it's a really hard pill to swallow, when I first got into teaching, I loved English. Like I I wanted to be a teacher mainly to begin with because I loved the subject. I thought it was quite easy. So like that was a real big selling point for me. Um, And when I finally started to kind of like realize why I wanted to be a teacher, I just wanted students to love English as much as I did. I wanted them to enjoy it. I wanted them to be inspired by the concepts. I had this vision of reading a book with them and, you know, having them discuss it as a class and be thinking, wow, I was transported to a dystopian land. And I could see connections between that and our current society. And wow, mind blown. Like, that's what I thought English teaching was going to be like. And I was really excited to actually teach English. And now that is the furthest thing possible from my current job. And a big sticking point for educators is, well, I'm there to do my job, right? I'm there to teach. They need to learn. They should be sitting there. They should be learning about science. They should be learning about English. They should be learning math. They should care about this subject. But that doesn't mean standing there and teaching your subject. Like teaching actually means teaching the young people that you have in the room. And those are two very different kind of concepts to get our heads around. And what do I mean by teaching students and not subjects? I mean that like not everyone can teach, right? But anybody could probably stand there and blab on about what they know really well, a subject they really enjoy, whether it's an academic subject or not. And if it were just about teaching our subject or anything we find interesting, anybody could stand up there in front of those 30 students and, you know, stand there with the tops of our students' heads open and impart all the knowledge and pour all of our knowledge into them. And traditional teaching in this way kind of like gears towards that, that we're the teacher, we have the knowledge, we can impart that onto our students. And it's kind of obsolete now in a sense, that co- that concept, because anybody can Google anything. What are we actually trying to teach them? Like, so thinking about what are we teaching our students? We're teaching them critical thinking maybe or problem-solving skills or creativity or collaboration, communication, other essential life skills. But like the way that we see teaching is changing and we aren't there to teach our subjects. We're there to teach kids and kids don't care what you know, 
They don't care about your subject in the same way that you do. And if you think they're going to care about your subject in the same way that you do, and you're just thinking about your subject, then hello, disengaged behaviors. We need to be thinking about those 30 humans in a room. How is this relevant to them? How is this applicable to them? Um, You know, how can we connect it to them in some way? And a good way to be able to do this is thinking in concepts and concept-based teaching, you know, how are we actually seeing the subjects as something that's a part of their world? We're not just seeing it as a textbook. Like I, my experience of schooling was literally sitting in a chair and having a teacher slap a textbook in front of me and saying, read pages 93 through to 110, do the comprehension questions. And that was teaching back in the day. And it's not like that anymore because our students are going to be totally disengaged by that. And if teaching is like that for you, then you've got a class of very compliant students who are willing to do that. But as we know, compliance doesn't mean that they're engaged. Uh, Compliance doesn't mean that they're enjoying it or learning anything. It just means that they have the skills to be able to sit there and do what you've asked them to do. I certainly didn't enjoy learning in that way. And I think many people enjoy learning in that way. So connecting it to them, concept-based teaching is a really great way to do this. Seeing all of your subjects and your learning and all the things you need to do with them through the lens of a concept that is also relevant to them in their real world. So for example, if I'm teaching Macbeth, uh, I enjoy Shakespeare, but our students don't enjoy Shakespeare, especially the ones that really struggle already with language and all of those skills. Like they're not going to then enjoy a text that uses Elizabethan English and is even harder to decode. So thinking about what lens I can teach that through and one of the lenses that we teach Macbeth through is conflict because then they can see where conflict applies in their own life. They can see the text Macbeth through the lens of their own experiences which just helps them to understand the text. It helps them to connect with the text and it helps to engage them with what's happening in English. So it's just an example about it's not us teaching our subject. It's us thinking about those 30 students in a room and how we can teach them. Again, if it was just about our subjects, then we would be able to stand up the front. I'd be able to bang on about Macbeth. I'd be able to read the text and I'd be there teaching to 30 students who had their skulls open and were just willing to accept that information. We get so much more engagement when we're thinking about how we connect our students to whatever we're doing in the classroom. And we're not seeing it as just, I am an expert in my subjects. I am here to teach you about my subjects. I don't care how I teach you, but it's going to be you sitting there and you learning about it. We're going to get so much more disengagement from our students if we're thinking about it in that way. Another thing to consider is that each student is vastly different academically. So knowing our subjects isn't enough. And you know what? I'm probably preaching to the choir when I'm talking about all of these things, but this is just a bit of a mindset shift in education in general, uh, because I have a lot of teachers that I talk to that say, uh, these students have a responsibility to sit there and learn, but us knowing our subjects is not enough. Like the true teaching comes from how we're able to build ladders to the knowledge for our students to get there. How are they accessing that learning? Can they actually achieve that learning? So, you know, do they know what success looks like in our lesson? And we do that through things like scaffolding, like learning maps, being able to get them to 
um, think about where they're going with the lesson. We do that through success criteria. So students are able to see exactly what they need to be able to do to get from point A to point B and do that really well and achieve and, and get success in your lesson. It comes from the quality verbal discussions around their learning goals and making learning visible for them in whatever way we possibly can. And all of this pedagogy comes from us teaching our students and knowing about teaching. It doesn't come from us knowing our subjects. And another reason why I'm talking about this is because when I was at university and I was learning about teaching, I learned about my subject. I did a master's in English literature. We don't get to, I don't know about you, but I didn't get taught about the pedagogy around teaching until I actually became a teacher, let alone behavior pedagogy. But in the classroom, it was just about my subject and being good at my subject. And I hear teachers saying that they get chucked into teaching and then have to um, teach out of their subject area, which is really challenging. But also that's a really good example of, because teachers do that really successfully. And it's a really good example of teachers teaching the 30 students in the room and just staying one lesson ahead in terms of the subject matter. Uh, you can be the best practitioner possible in your subject, but it doesn't mean you're you know, able to successfully teach a class. So anyway, each student's vastly different academically. Um, but why am I talking about teaching and learning on a behavior podcast? Because as you know, I talk about it all the time. It's never just about the behavior. It is absolutely everything that we do with these young people. And that is why my book is also called as never just about the behavior, the book that's coming out. I don't know what date yet. The manuscript, by the time I release this podcast, this manuscript is nearly due and I think it'll be released early next year. Um, and of course, thinking about these students, right? They're human beings with big feelings, their brains are still under construction, they're unable to effectively access their prefrontal cortexes until we're 25 years old. Those connections, those synapses aren't there as strong as they should be. So we're still under construction until that point. Put aside the stress response too, and you'll see that every student has their very own unique context. Some students come from families where education isn't even valued, where they might have their own heavy experiences from schooling, their own lack of trust in the system, which is why some parents are really hard to work with and they seem like they're not on board with us as educators, but it's because they come with their own really unique context as well and their own struggles around education. Um, but thinking about the fact that, you know, we're not there to teach just our subject, we're there to teach our very, very unique human beings in that room. And if we go into our classrooms and think that we are just teaching our subjects and not teaching our students, then we're setting ourselves up to fail. So there needs to be a bit of a paradigm shift in how teachers are, um, you know, taught to teach because it's not about the subject, it's about everything else as well. All of these things that I've just discussed add up to the very simple fact that challenging behaviours are inevitable and this is part of teaching our students because we aren't there just to teach our subjects. We're there to teach children and that job is very vastly different. And once I came to that realization, I stopped getting so precious about my subject. I think teachers can get quite precious about their subject and really want to um, like share that excitement. I love when teachers are excited about their subject. I love when they're passionate practitioners around that. But we can also 
get a little bit precious about it and a little bit sensitive about it because students don't care as much about our subject as we do. And I started thinking then about English as a way in to learning, as a doorway to get these children engaged with their education, as a bit of a doorway to feel successful and a way to think critically, a way to problem solve, to be creative and to find enjoyment. So now I see English as not just a subject that I enjoyed and want to give students the same experience of that subject, but actually just as a doorway to all of these beautiful things that I can provide for them in that classroom. And my gosh, it is a hard task to do that. But even just with that mindset shift, it is a powerful thing. And that's just what I wanted to share with you today. I know that's a very short episode. I know that it was just a bit of a brain dump into, you know, that particular um, bit of advice I was given in my first year of teaching. But I think it's really important to consider. And it also has massive implications on how teachers are trained because we need to be thinking about these things in teacher training. I talk about it all the time and say that behavior management is not touched on enough, classroom management, all of the things that teachers actually need to know before they get into the classroom. We need to stop thinking so much about teaching as just teachers going in there and being practitioners of their subject, but teaching actually as a job that is highly skilled is something that we need to have a vast array of skills around when it comes to engagement, when it comes to behavior, when it comes to teaching and learning. Uh, and it's far beyond just subject knowledge. Uh, and we know that from our teacher standards anyway. And that brings us to the end of a very, very quick and to the point episode. I look forward to seeing you at the same time and the same place next week. Bye.